how does someone grow their real estate practice from zero to one billion in production in just 10 years? We're gonna talk about that today. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keepingitrealpod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keepingitrealpod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with NFL player turned real estate billion dollar producer, Terrence Murphy. But before we get to Terrence, just a couple of quick reminders. The best ways that you can help us continue to produce these episodes and reach more audience. Number one, tell a friend. Think of just one other realtor that needs to hear what Terrence, for example, you're about to hear what Terrence is saying and send uh, another agent a link to our show. You can always find us at keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode can be streamed right there or via any podcast app. And the second part is that you can help us is by please supporting our sponsors. They're the reason that we can continue to do these shows and let them know how much love you have for them by checking out their products and services. All right, guys, enough about that. Let's get to the main event. My conversation with Terrence Murphy. Let me tell you all about Terrence. Now, Terrence was a second round NFL draft pick by the Green Bay Packers after graduating from Texas A&M University as a three-time academic All-Big 12 student athlete. Now, Terrence, this is amazing, has brokered, if that wasn't amazing enough, Terrence has brokered $1.1 billion in sales volume over the last 10 years. He currently owns 20 companies, actually more than 20 companies, under the Terrence Murphy Company's brand. And Terrence is an investor in more than 30 companies as a venture capitalist. Now, investing in real estate is one of the things he is most passionate about, as he currently owns over 400 beds of residential real estate and commercial properties all over the U.S. Terrence is also a two-time winner of Inc. Five, uh, 5000 Award for America's Fastest Growing Privately Owned Businesses, and also is a three-time recipient of the Texas A&M Mays Business School Aggie 100 for 100 Fastest Growing Businesses in the World. Terrence possesses the same traits that he portrayed on the football field, which is integrity, passion, hard work, dedication, loyalty, desire to succeed, and excellence, all of which help his business continue, his businesses continue to grow and his clients to receive superior service, to learn all about Terrence. And by the way, he has a podcast that he just launched as well, because of course he does. He does everything. But I want you to learn all about Terrence at his website, which is Terrence Murphy. And I'm going to spell Terrence because it can be spelled many different ways. It's And by the way, we're also going to have a link to this in the show notes. So you don't have to type this in. Just go to the show notes and click. But if you are typing it, it's Terrence, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E, Murphy.com. And you can see all of the cool things that Terrence does. And you can also follow him on Instagram, which is at Terrence, again, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E, Realtor. Also a link to that will be in our show notes. Terrence, welcome to the show. Man, appreciate it, man. Sorry about the long intro my team sent you. <laughs> but at the same time, they always laugh because they're like, well, hell, you're doing so much. We have to make the intro that size. So it's fun, man. Thank you. Great job. 
Thank no, thank you. Um, and and I love reading long intros like that. Uh, well, sometimes people, it is funny. Sometimes uh, people we interview will send us things that we have to pare down because we're like, okay, no. nobody cares about this and that. Everything that you guys sent over was things I'm like, I have to talk about all of this because this, I think, um, it was very concise. You just you just do a lot, and I think that um, I'd love to talk to you about you know the fact that you run so many different businesses, you have so many different interests, you're a busy, busy guy. Um, and at the same time, running the successful real estate practice. Um, but before we get to sort of where you are today, I'd love to learn a little bit more about how you got to where you are today. So I'd love our audience to hear about, you know, sort of your football career and then how you transitioned into real estate. Yeah, man. So um, born and raised in East Texas, grew up with a single mom. And so for all the kids that grew up with single moms and for all you real estate agents that are single moms, I love you and I'm proud of you. Um, and so, yeah, I just grew up with a single mom. She put a lot into me, encouraged me, pushed me and was very hard on me. And uh, that's the way that I've become who I am as an entrepreneur and as a student athlete and as a professional athlete. And then just having the heart to help. Right. Because I've 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 lived that life where we we went not having everything. And so I just have the mentality to try to help them. Like we talked about earlier, DJ, uh, life is like a boomerang, right? What you put out, you get back. And not only do you get it back, you get it back with precision. And so for many years, I've encouraged real estate agents. I've, I've coached them. I've pushed them. I've given them tools. And now I've been able to see the benefits from those seeds that I set as people are starting to join my organization at EXP uh, like crazy. So it's been cool. But yeah, that's, I uh, grew up there, went to Texas A&M, a football scholarship, got drafted by the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, and back-to-back uh, -back NFL MVPs is my roommate, my bro, and he's killing the game, and then I retired and moved into real estate, and uh, just grew, grew a passion for it, and it started off as a developer and an investor, got my license with the Keller Williams for a year, which we all do, <laughs> left <laughs> up leaves, started an independent brokerage TM5, I told people I was going to scale my independent startup brokerage. This was in my early 20s with no experience. I did seven transactions when I started TM5. And I said, I'm going to scale it to a billion in sales in 10 years. I actually did it in eight. And people were like, there's no way. You're in a small town. It's not possible. You need a franchise. And we did. And that's that's how I got into real estate after retiring from the NFL. It's, it's incredible. And I know you're skipping over about a million steps along the way, but I love the fact that that here you are and this idea of scaling is so so important especially now where I see agents flocking to teams uh, teams have become more and more important um, more and more prevalent um, more and more and more attractive I think over the years and we're seeing this flock to teams and I'm hearing well I'm interviewing a lot of people for the show and also just here for our brokerage uh, in Chicago that are struggling with scaling trying to figure out out. How do I go from being like an individual producer to running a team, then to scaling the team, and and uh, those are different skill sets. Um, and was that difficult for you to go for? To, you know, you, well, you said you you had just done seven transactions. You're like, I'm building a team. I'm gonna I'm gonna scale this thing up to a billion. Um, well, let me ask you a different question. What gave you the confidence to think that that was possible within ten years? Because it really shouldn't be possible, at least, you know, to the sort of logical mind, right? This, that shouldn't be possible, yet you did it and you did it faster than you thought. So what gave you the confidence and the courage to do that when really all signs were pointing to, it's going to take longer than that? Yeah. Or even be possible at all. Right. I think for me, um, that goes back to just that background of, you know, I told people when I was five years old, I remember having a uh, a picture of me. My mom bought me like one of those little uniforms and that was my Christmas gift. And I remember telling people at five, I'm going to make it to the NFL. And so can you imagine from five to 22 for 17 years, you're telling people something that is merely impossible if you look at the numbers. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it literally is no way, just from a number standpoint, you should make it to the NFL. And so not only to make it, but to make it in the first two rounds, so I had already been there before, right? Holding on to a dream that coaches, opponents, family members, teammates, whoever tried to talk you out of it, like, hey, that's not possible. It's not real. You might want to do something different. And you just keep fighting for it, man. You keep holding on to it because you know within your heart it's possible. 
So when I achieved that dream at 22, I tell people, I'm okay with playing the long game. It took me 17 years to achieve a dream, right? Right. Um, and when I tell people one day, like, I said, hey, I'm going to go D1 in college football. Well, at that time, this is crazy, DJ. My sophomore year, I was the only sophomore in varsity. We went 0-10. We didn't win one game. My junior year, we went 1-9. So going into my senior year, we were 1-19. Yeah. We hadn't signed a D1 recruit in 10 years. And I'm telling people I'm going to go D1. And I ended up leaving my high school with 20 D1 offers. And then I actually had about seven full-ride academic offers to like Rice University, UNC, places like that. So I've been there before. So in my mind, when I feel it and I pray about it, I'm like, that's what I'm doing. I don't even think about the other option of not doing it. And I always say, put me in a desert, I'll find my way to the water. That's just the way I'm wired. And I think that's what people are seeing now as I'm growing one of the fastest organizations in the history now of EXP is because I'm giving people a roadmap to get there and get there with the right tools. Yeah, boy, that is, you just said so much in such a short period of of time there, because really you talked about perseverance. You talked about singularly focused, like almost like horses have when they put the blinders on, it's like, Hey, I'm going to achieve this. And you know, there's certain things that are outside of that were really outside of your control, right? You talked about the 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 uh, you know the record in high school, like not great, not not your record, but just the overall team yeah. record. There yeah. was no history of of D1 uh, players, you know, in any recent history from that school, and yet you did it. Um, and I'm guessing because you were singularly focused. Um, I, I imagine, and and if you hadn't uh, of been drafted second round, I imagine that really wouldn't have changed much for you anyway, because you would have just pivoted and pointed your north star at something else and yeah. and made that successful. So um, I imagine is perseverance. How important is that to you? I mean, I imagine it's it's got to be pretty important. Perseverance is very important, but what I will tell you is. You know, the great thing about athletics, the great thing with growing up with a single mom, the great thing with my background is day in and day out, you have to get up and you have to work. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had successful businesses as an entrepreneur in middle school. Like when I was 12 years old, I had like different businesses that I was running. And so just the mentality of I don't wake up with the, oh, it's not possible. I'll wake up with, okay, how am I getting there? Like, right now what steps do i have to take day in and day out like there's a great book atomic habits right it's just love atomic habits oh man and so i think the reason why you know i've been coaching real estate agents now for 10 years and two things i always said no to is people would ask me to come train their agents and i would say i can't do it i don't have a coaching business or can i invest in your real estate projects i didn't raise money and i didn't have time to teach uh so i would just teach my agents but as i've now started expanding my coaching services People are blown away, but the athlete in me and the coach in me, um, I can give you very practical tools that it doesn't sound like, man, I got to do all of that to get there. It's like, no, just do this for the next 30 days. And once we get to 5 million in volume over the next year, and here's how you get to 10 million, and here's how you get to 18. One of the things I took pride in is I'm, I'm real big on studying statistics. And once I see statistics and then I say, okay, The average agent closes seven to 10 deals a year per year. How do I 5X that with my team and my brokerage? And so for the 10 years that I ran an independent brokerage, we averaged 39.5 transactions per person. So our per person production was at 40 deals per person in the building. It's amazing. And so we were so focused on just everybody being very successful versus just growing the numbers. Wow. Uh, I mean, it is truly incredible. And you're right. This idea of seeing what is possible because there are people that do this, right? Like you're not the first guy to five X, you know, a team's productions, although you're probably one of the first people to do it, but you're probably not the first. There's other people that have done this. You can study some of their habits. Oftentimes you could just reach out to these people and ask, that's what I do on the show. I'm reaching out to you right now to share, you know, your secrets with, with our audience. So it is incredible. Um, How important was it you know, you've been, you've had coaches, you know, throughout your entire academic life, um, you know, starting from as early as, as when you really got into athletics as a young man, and then all the way through, you know, high school, college, professional, uh, professional, um, athletics. And then, 
how important is it to be coachable? Um, because of course you, you, you have the perseverance, you've got the discipline, um, but having a coach, how important is that? I think the biggest misnomer about coaches that really shocked me because when we, from 15 years old on, I kind of got removed from the world, right? Like when we were on campus at Texas A&M, like we, they like had us like over here, like away yeah. from Right. Your, your day is planned out. And when you get to the NFL, like you see us playing, but no one really gets to personally interact with you. So when I got introduced back into the world at 22 years old, or 23, once I retired, I was just blown away at the unwillingness to be passionate about what people do every day. It was yeah. like, where am I at right now? Like, because we had the best doctors, the best marketing people, the best publicists, the best everything, the best nutritionists. So I just missed being around greatness and that's what I wanted to create. And I think the biggest misnomer with that is that all coaches or all mentors have the right playbook. Sure. Because there's a lot of broker owners and that's what blew me away. They became broker owners because they were not good real estate agents. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. It's like, let me hide behind the desk and say, I don't want to sell real estate. I just want to be a broker. Well, you were not selling a lot of real estate anyway. And so it, it blows me away. And it's like, Hey, after the new year, we want to lose 10 pounds and we show up and our trainer's out of shape. Well, then I got the wrong trainer. So I'm always telling people, man, when you look at getting a broker or a mentor or a team leader or a sponsor at EXP, really make sure they have the successful track record and that they can communicate it in bite-sized pieces to you to follow the breadcrumbs to success. And that's one of the things that I take a lot of pride in building out the processes and the procedures to help people have the same or more success than I've had. Yeah, I think that's right. And you're a coach. Um, do you also still continue to get coached? I'm sure people would love to, to hear that if you do or not. I don't. It's, it's, uh, but, I, but here's where I find my, um, my, my, my coaching and my wisdom. I, you know, in, in my Bible, and then I'm a book, I'm a book guy. Um, I love tangible books. And, uh, and then I just got into podcasts. So that's really where, but my books is like my lifeline. Like I read my books. I'm doing a 52 week challenge right now with my organization at EXP. So we're reading one book a week, every week. Wow. And then we meet in the room five days a week. Cause I do everything by five. Uh, we meet in the room five days a week in clubhouse and we go over that book. So there's a lot of accountability there and, and, uh, it's been really good, man. So they're digesting so much information at a rapid pace. And that's been life-changing for us. Do you have, so far, has there been one book, and I know you're reading so many that I'm sure they're all valuable in, in certain ways. Has there been one, you know, you mentioned Atomic Habits before, has there been one in the last, you know, however long you've been doing the 52-week challenge where you read a book once a week that's really sort of risen to the top of like, that one spoke to me more than, more than the others so far? I'll give you one, but then I got to give you five. Is that cool? Go right ahead. <laughs> so... The one I would tell every human being that they need to read is Untethered Soul. Oh, yes. Untethered yes. Soul. Oh, my gosh. And then he's got a new version of it, I think, Living an Untethered Life. But Untethered Soul really gave me, uh, for your, you know, because as athletes, as real estate entrepreneurs, as these successful people, right, these brokers, these team leaders, these owners, we have to walk around with our chest out at all times. We got to be peacocks at all times. But some of us are broken, right? And some of us yeah. really need to be able to be in a safe place to communicate what we're going through mentally. But you don't. You got to put this mask on every day, right? And Until the Soul really breaks that down. And that book is life-changing to where you realize, like, you need to be breathing, doing breathing exercises every day. You know, we talk about hydration and sleep and all that. But no one's talking about breathing, how important it is. No one's talking about the mental aspect of life to be able to meditate and step away from this nauseous world of information and slow the brain down. It reminds me of that expression. Uh, it's a it's an old musical expression, which is it's not the notes that make the melody. It's not the notes that actually create the song it's the space in between the notes that and it's like oh yeah of course it's the space in between notes otherwise it's just one continual note and that's the silence that 
we don't often give ourselves, I find, um, you know, we have a device in our pocket. I was thinking about this this weekend. I'm not the first person to think about this. I'm not, it's not a brilliant thought, but it's almost like a magic. It's almost like magic. We have magic in our pocket 24 seven, and we can use that to summon up whatever we desire. And you have to be really careful because it's super addictive and it takes time away from being able to sit alone quietly and think and reflect. Um, do you make meditation or reflection a regular practice for you? I have, um, you know, we were taught to visualize as athletes, but we were never taught to meditate and breathe. And I think it talked about, you know, in the U.S., we are the worst at breathing, right? Yeah. Our posture is terrible. Look at me right now. I need to sit up now. I'm thinking about it, right? Um, and we just don't breathe. We don't breathe well. We're continually throughout the day taking short breaths. Um, and we're not taking deep, long, continual breaths. We're rushing to the next meeting. And I always tell everybody, that's why I started this whole movement of we have to become real estate entrepreneurs. We can't just be realtors. We can't just be brokers. We can't just be team leaders. We have to be real estate entrepreneurs. And when we become real estate entrepreneurs, we're creating multiple income streams. We're thinking about legacy, right? We're not just, we're not just building a business for today. We're building a business that will give back to our kids' kids, right? We're thinking about other people and we're thinking about our mental health. We're thinking about the impact we want to leave. That's the real estate entrepreneur piece that I really like went all in on, man. Um, like we even had a day uh, called Rejuvenate Day. I brought in all my agents and we brought in a nutritionist. We brought in a trainer. We brought in a psychologist. Like we brought in uh, Enneagram coaches. We brought in massage therapists, a yoga instructor. We started off with yoga and it was a beautiful day. Just like really just putting them outside the box in this place of uncomfortableness to force them to think about these things. And man, I have so many of my agents that still text me, man, I'm still using some of the things I learned at Rejuvenate Day. So that's really what I'm focused on. I love that. It's it's a holistic approach to being successful at business uh, because you're you're really talking about being successful in every area of life. Because if if we think of our life as a as as a you know as a circle or a wheel, you know, if it's we got to make sure that we're pretty smooth smooth uh, uh, you know around the edges. We've got to make sure that you know our family life isn't in the toilet if we're expected to do you know. But our business life is is going great. It's like it all has to be working pretty pretty well. Not that we don't have ups and downs because of course every single person does regardless of their level of success. Um, we all go through things, but this idea of treating not just the business side of it, treating the uh, the human side, and, and you know the, the breathing thing is so is so interesting because we all know this. Like we've all heard this a million times. We need to slow down our breaths. We need to take deep diaphragmic breaths. We need to, you know, and and yet I never really realized the benefit until I I read some studies on on breathing where you know, I, I am, I have a lot of anxiety. Um, it's just kind of, you know, part yeah. of my DNA or whatever, how I was I raised mean. or whatever, but regardless, there are breathing exercises that have been proven to reduce anxiety. And I'm like, oh, this is so great. I don't have to think my way out of it. I can do these deep breathing exercises that are super simple. And it's like, wait a two minutes and then, oh my God, I feel better. Yeah. Um, so it, it is, it is remarkable, but you're right. Taking short breaths throughout the day. Nobody talks about this in real estate, at least. Um, it is really a big, big deal. And, and athletes are taught how to take deeper, longer breaths, because of course you're, you're also in peak physical condition, which helps. Um, but beyond just working out, you can do this at your desk. You can do this throughout the day. And it really does center. I mean, it's, it's the basis of meditation, right? Is breath. So boy, right. you're, you're, you're saying, you're saying a lot of really, really great things that I've had done a lot of these episodes that people don't talk about. I mean, cer certainly we talk about being physically fit and, you know, drinking enough water and, and eating right. But this idea of breathing and meditating and reflecting, um, I think, we're such we're, we're in such a stimulus response world, and again, the phone in our pocket's going to try to grab our attention every few seconds. This is a way to 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 shut that out. Um, so yeah. let oh before we get let's talk about your podcast. I know this is new. Um, DJ, this is real estate there, entrepreneur with Terrence DJ. Murphy. So tell us about it. Yeah, before we go there, I want to make sure that I'm following up for your audience because I told them I give them five books, and I'm real big. On oh, them. I'm sorry. Yes, more books. Yeah. So untethered soul. Uh, Why the Rich Get Richer by Robert Kiyosaki. It's a great book. Um, Atomic Habits, which we talked about earlier. Traction by Gino Wickman. So you got those four. And then Good to Great. Those would be the five I would have uh, people read. And um, as we pivot to the podcast, I think more than anything, 
people realize that they need more, especially real estate agents. And you've been through a downturn, or I would say a recessive market or a shifting market. I think people will start realizing that again, that they need more. And one of the things that I teach my agents is sweat equity versus check equity, truly building a business with the right foundation versus just buying leads, right? I mean, we saw Open Doors, Zillow, Redfin. And so the people were just was buying those leads. They're in these contracts. Real estate agents are stuck in these contracts. They're paying $2,500 a month, $3,000 a month, and they're not getting the same lead flow. And, and even stuff. beyond that, what happens if and when Zillow's like, you know, we're just going to be our own thing. We're going to have our own agents. We're going to do our own thing. We're, we're good. We're no longer selling leads uh, to, to agents. That that day, and this this is just a guess, but that day's coming. So I'm so so I I'm sorry. Go right ahead. I interrupted you. No, no. You, you have the same passion for it as I do. They take our information from us and then sell it back to us. <laughs> So I'm always trying to empower real estate agents. I have a very, very soft heart in a sense that I've seen so many of my friends. I, I worked with agents at Color Ones when I started. I was 23 and they were in their late 70s and 80s still selling real estate. And that's why I would say, when have you been to a real estate agent's retirement party? <laughs> they either get out of the industry or they sell real estate until they don't know what else to do. And that's what I'm creating. I'm creating the real estate entrepreneur movement where, look, think about it. On a normal real estate transaction, there's about 20 to 22 companies to make money. Title, mortgage, survey, home warranty. I can keep going, right? Inspection, and appraisal, so, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. It keeps going. So I'm teaching my people in my org how to buy those businesses and, and get owner distributions. I'm teaching them how to invest in real estate, how to start their first investment portfolio. Because my wife and I have bought commercial strip centers. We bought multifamily. Um, we've done neighborhoods. We're developing neighborhoods alongside Jack Nicholas right now. Um, and so we've done it and we're teaching people those exact steps on how to create multiple income streams. I want to pause for a moment to talk about our episode sponsor, our one of my favorite companies out there, Follow Up Boss. Now, after interviewing hundreds of top realtors in the country for this podcast, do you know which CRM is used by more than any other by our guests? Of course, it is Follow Up Boss. And let's face it, following up is the key to taking your business to the next level. Follow Up Boss will help you drive more leads in less time and with less effort. Do not take my word for it. Robert Slack, who runs the number one team in the U.S., uses Follow-Up Boss, and he has built a $1.5 billion business in just six years. Follow-Up Boss integrates with over 250 systems, so you can keep your current tools and lead sources. Also, the best part, they have seven-day-a-week support, so you'll get the help that you need when you need it. And get this, Follow-Up Boss is so sure that you're going to love their CRM that for a limited time, they're offering Keeping It Real listeners a 30-day free trial, which is twice as much time as they give everyone else. And oh, Oh yeah, no credit card required. So you can try it risk-free, but only if you use this special link. Visit followupboss.com forward slash real. That's followupboss.com forward slash real for your free 30-day trial. Follow up like a boss with Follow Up Boss. And now back to our episode. Yeah, it really is the way to go. As as somebody who I'm not a broker owner myself, although I work hand in hand with with our owner here, and, and he and I have created um, several ancillary companies uh, to do exactly what you're talking about. You know, because for people who might not be realizing, especially people who want to start their own firm, what you might not realize, at least on the residential side, is brokerage is a very low margin business on its own. And yeah. to to really make a, a nice business that might be sellable one day, you need to have these ancillary lines. And also they're just great ways to increase the bottom line in getting involved in title, maybe lending, depending on you know what state you might be in. Uh, you know, lot, again, commission advance, there, there's a lot of title, you know, like you were saying, um, lots of different lines. You're, you're absolutely so right. Because I think people oftentimes want to want to get in be their own managing broker have their own business and they don't realize what the margins actually look like and then they're like oh wow 
this is not the, this is not, like, I just broke free from a Keller Williams, which is a great company, but now I'm on my own. I get to keep everything. And it's like, oh, and now I have all these other expenses as well. So it, it becomes tricky. And, and, but I think you're right. This idea of an entrepreneur is, is Robert Kiyosaki is, is sort of the guy who really made this as popular as it is, is this idea of residual income and, and creating streams of income that are more predictable because as we know, real estate is transactional. It's, it's so odd to me that no one has figured out how to make it a fee-based business like what financial advisors have done. Financial advisors is the smartest thing ever, which basically said, we're not stockbrokers anymore. We're not earning commissions. We're going to pay us 1% or whatever the, the percent, you know, of all the assets under management. Real estate hasn't figured out how to do that. Maybe they never will. So real estate does become very transactional. And you need these other businesses just so that you can not freak out on the first of the month every month, right? Yeah. And hit a wall. Right. You know, it's like this. Um, I'm going to draw. I'm going to create an image one day. I may even create a T-shirt, but it's got these paths. Right. And they all have a hamster wheel at the end, but they make you think that this path is better than that path. So it's like you're a real estate agent. You're a brand new agent. Now you become a top producer. Now you lead a team. Now you own the brokerage. Yeah, you've made it. When in reality, most of the brokers I talk to are the ones that are broke. It's called broker for a reason. Right. <laughs> And the margins are based, you know, I ran a mastermind of the top uh, broker owners in the world at one point or in the U.S., sorry. And and I ran it in the shadows and no one even knew I started this group. But I told them the one rule I have is, well, two, if you're not going to be here, let me know. And two is we can't talk about this in any public forum. So I was running a, a mastermind for some of the top brokers in the United States for like three years. No one ever knew about it. it just a, we and man, we. I mean, you had Keller Williams, you had Remax, you had Caldwell Banker, Sotheby's, independent brokers in that room. And I, I coached them every week and everybody was saying the same stuff, no matter what model they was in, they were in. So, um, and I think that's why EXP is the fastest growing brokerage in the world, because it's figured out yeah. how to give agents shares and stock. It's figured out how to give them uh, new income streams. And it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful model, but I know we were going to talk about the podcast. I wanted to go back and hit those books. Oh yeah, and no, and thank you for that. And before we get to the podcast, I, I think you know what what EXP did is is really it's beyond remarkable because they the way I interpret it is they basically took the Keller Williams model and said it wasn't quite exactly fully realized in the way that Keller Williams and I'm not picking on Keller Williams. Obviously, they're yeah. an amazing company, of course, but um, sure. basically, people left Keller Williams and said we think there's a better way to do the, the same sort of thing with you know giving people more agency, more ownership. Um, and so they figured it out and holy crap, did they figure it out? They are, I mean, it's, it's like the results speak for themselves. And, um, anyway, so yeah, let's talk about the podcast. Yeah. Last thing on that, I always tell people when they ask me, what's the difference. And, and I know Gary personally, we actually met years ago. We got introduced by Tim Howe. who's a friend of mine from college, one of their top agents, great friend, great guy. And we were supposed to meet for five minutes. And three and a half hours later, me and Gary and Josh team, my wife was in the room. It was just us four. She checked out. She was like, y'all go with it. <laughs> and as you can see how my mind works, I mean, we were just, me and Gary were just on the whiteboard, just going at it for three hours. And man, he's an amazing dude, sharp guy. Genius. Always love respect for him, man. He's a genius. And so I always respect him. And he said, dude, I have a hundred. And at the time, 80,000 agents, he's like, you're different. You're special. I want to be a part of your story. Anything I can do to help you and Erica, let me know. So I always will respect Gary on that. I will say on the model, I would say you explain it this way. Profit share. If you take a PL statement, where's profit? It's on the bottom. Yeah. Right. And so this person got to be paid. This person got to be paid. This person got to be paid. And finally, we'll share the profit with the agents where usually there's not a lot left. Right. Where EXP flipped it upside down and said, what's on the top of it? We'll pay you at the top. Yeah. Yeah. It's revenue. Sense. Yeah. So that's the difference. But yeah, it's, yeah it's and they figured out how to do it. Um, I, no one else had figured out how to do that. Now there's a bit of few copycats that are coming along because they're like, hey, this this idea of this rev share model works really, really well. So um, it's it is it is truly incredible. But yeah. So let's let's talk about real estate entrepreneur. What what's the goal of the podcast? Who are you speaking to? And by the way, everyone should check it out. We're gonna have a link to this directly in the show notes as well, so you can subscribe right from uh, from the show notes. But tell us about it. Yeah. So when I was thinking about a podcast, my wife has really been on to me about celebrating um, just the overachiever in me. I achieve stuff. I don't even stop to smell the roses. I'm already yeah. on to like yeah. the next hunt. Right. I'm just a right. hunter. 
And one day she said, you got to celebrate. I said, okay, cool. So we achieved a, a goal in our twenties that we wanted to achieve, which was buying a strip center. We bought a strip center in North Carolina in Asheville. It's Buffalo Wild Wings, Starbucks and different tenants. So we took a picture in front of it and I posted it. And like a week later, it had like a million shares. And I was like, what just happened? You know, like, well, how? And people were just so inspired by the story that we told, the piece that I posted. And that's when I realized like what I'm doing and how I'm doing it can help a lot of people. So people started messaging me, messaging me on Instagram, Facebook, and I could not obviously keep up with all the messages. Do you have an ebook? Do you have a book? Do you have a coaching course? Do you have a podcast? And you know, the crazy thing is at the time I realized, I told my wife, I said, we don't have any of this. <laughs> like we have no way to help these people. So that's when I said, all right, let's start this podcast. And so instead of naming it real estate realtor or builder or broker, real estate entrepreneur kind of embodied everything that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the goal is to go after realtors, to go after brokers, to go after builders, go after investors and just let them know these are the fundamental things you need to be learning, reading about and putting in place in order to scale your business. Because the one thing I'm passionate about is scalability. I know how to scale things and I know how to grow things. Um, and that's something I'm passionate about doing. So that's what the podcast is, Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. And I'm just bringing in people to talk about that. Yeah, scalability is is really its own skill set. It, 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 it requires the willingness to, to probably step away from individual production or to step outside of the constraints of individual production and which, you know, it, it, for anyone who's a real estate agent is probably hyper-focused on their own personal production or their team's production. And then trying to say, okay, how do I, how do I one X, two X, five, 10 X this? Um, and which require uh, a whole set of systems. So your systems, your data and systems guy, really at heart. Processing people is what we say in, in our organizations. Cause people always ask me, how do you own 20 companies and you're invested in another 30 processing people? And the crazy so thing, I, yeah, go, go ahead, for, go for it, DJ. So I have a question that I'm sure every single person on this podcast is thinking, how does this guy accomplish and do so much? Um, this isn't uh, me giving you a compliment, although it is a great compliment, but it's really um, how are you able to to be a podcaster, uh, an entrepreneur, um, run a brokerage? All you know, you're, you you own prop, lots of properties. You have a team. Um, how is there enough time in the day? So this probably goes back to scalability. But how are you able to sort of keep it all running when most of us, you know, are focused in one or two things and we're struggling? How are you able to to maintain that? Um, focus with all the different, you know, sort of ventures that you're into and, oh, and you're a VC. So <laughs> I mean, we can keep going. You do a lot. How yeah. do you do it all? You know, um, I believe everything we go through in life is to, to be a part of your story. And when I was 16, my mom had a heart attack. And oh. so uh, at that moment in time, you know, she made it through for a couple more years after, but I was working two jobs in high school. I was the team captain on the football team. I was in honor society with a 3.8 GPA. So I'd already been learning these tools. And when you, at 16, I drove myself to school. I fed myself. Like I literally was at home by myself. Um, and so you just, I kind of became an adult at an early age. And I didn't understand why I was going through that. Like, why was it so hard? But looking back, like those experiences happened for a reason. Same thing with my NFL career. I worked my butt off to get to the, get there. And I got paralyzed, man. I, I got paralyzed from the neck down. I had a really bad neck injury. And just working my way back from something of that, oh, man, trauma, right? And just learning how to use your arms again and walk again. You know, I had neck surgery. And, and I'm like, why am I going through this? But it's not why. It's how can you use it to inspire other people? And how can you use it to be a better version of yourself? That's what I tell everybody in my org. You are competing with you. I want you to be the best version of DJ. Everybody else is already taken. So be the best version of you. And in that, my capacity grew. My, uh, my passion for entrepreneurship and real estate grew. My one prayer to God when I was in the middle of depression, I mean, deep in depression at 22 years old, my dream was sure. taken away from me. I can't walk. I'm in a wheelchair. I'm trying to figure this stuff out. It's just give me a passion, God. Give me something that I can be passionate about. And when he gave me real estate, that's when I knew, okay. So that's why when people, when they hear me speak or they listen to me, they're like, dude, you just speak with this different conviction. 
Because when you're praying to God in the middle of depression and you paralyze that God give me a passion and he shows it to you, there's no way I can't speak with conviction. So as I think through how we are trying to scale, um, I'm always challenging myself. The foundation of scalability is number one, you. Are you operating with the best version of your time? I call it TBS. Where is my time best spent on a day-to-day basis? So I literally meet with my team probably every other week about my schedule, which people would think, well, you kind of create it and leave it, right? Interesting. I meet and I refine my schedule every two to three weeks. And no one will tell you that because no one's doing that, right? But when people ask me, well, how did you learn that? Well, I learned it from, okay, if I'm a wide receiver and at practice, I'm running this route, right? And I drop the ball. Well, right after practice, I go right in and I put the tape on. I'm like, okay, if I would have just put my foot here and went this way, it would have made it easier. So I took that. All I did is take life experiences and I translated it into real estate entrepreneurship. So that's why when people are trying to study me, they can't figure me out. I'm an enigma because I'm pulling from life experiences. I'm pulling from books. I'm pulling from things that no one it's I've taken I've taken the ingredients of my life and made it into a recipe. And now I'm able to listen to you. I can interview you, DJ. And the first thing, if you were going to work and be a part of my team, I would want to know your story. I want to know those those points and I can help you take those ingredients in your life and create it into a successful recipe to scale. So that was a long answer to say everybody's recipe uh, will be different, but it starts with time blocking. And then once we understand where we're putting our time and how we're managing our time, then it's processing people. And that's it. You know, it's so funny because we do want to make this more complicated. We 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 want as individuals to think, oh my gosh, my life is so complicated. And and, and yes, it, it can feel that way. And absolutely, I'm not here to say that, you know, my life is is harder than anyone else's or more complicated because of course everybody's their own unique individual and has their own challenges. Yeah. But you're absolutely right about this idea that what we have to do is is constantly evaluate and, 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 and not in a, oh, I'm, I'm worthless way, not in a, a denigrating way, but in a, hmm, where is my time best spent today? Where was my time best spent yesterday? Where did I, you know, where was I not super effective? What's another skill I can learn? Just trying to keep the tools, sh- actually not even sharpened, but adding more tools and more sharp tools to the quiver. It, you know, this idea of reading 52 books a year, if if every realtor read five books a year, just five books a year, yeah. in fact, read the five that, that Terrence recommended. But if they just did that, there would be massive change because all it takes is, is one or two good ideas. Um, and you, the fact that you're doing 52 books a year is going to scale you up even faster with that knowledge. So it's, but it's also, but there's also a limit to how much time there is. So I'm curious on, so you talked about time best spent TBS, this idea of here's, here's where I can leverage the the most growth within the shortest amount of time. Um, how, and, and I also want to go all the way back to, to, to your story of, you know, you had to be in a, become an adult much earlier than, than a lot of us, right. Because of, of your situation growing up. Um, that's not an easy thing for, for a child to have, to, to have to do, or a teenager. Um, you did it, you, you stayed focused, you, you achieved, you know, your, your professional goals up until, you know, up and then your life was a lot of it. Your physical body was taken away from you really. Um, just because that happens, things happen and it's, it's awful. And, and yet, uh, here you are, you're walking, you're, you're, you're in shape. You're, you're now running these successful businesses. Um, and, and, but, but you also said depression is part of my story too. Like, yes, I am not a Superman. Like even when, you know, your whole career gets taken away, that's going to put anyone in a massive depression. So I'm curious on what I wanted to ask about one thing about support group, uh, having a support group. And I don't mean necessarily a, a building that you go into and sit in a circle with other people, although that is a version of that. It could be friends, family, could be colleagues. How important is it for you to have people in your life that you can share intimately and vulnerable, be vulnerable with and say, Hey guys, I'm going through something right now. I am depressed. And yet I'm still, you know, I'm still productive. I'm still getting my life together, but this is going on and this is real. How important is it to have those relationships? And does that help you through the tougher times? Wow. That's good, bro, man. This is a really good podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
if people aren't listening, they need to rewind this episode. I'm going to go back and listen to it multiple times. So I think it's really cool, man. You know, the cool thing about it is I tell people all the time, I don't have a brokerage anymore. I don't really have a team. I have a tribe. Oh, man. And I always say your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. Being you, the authentic you, not someone else. Man, like that's going to attract the right people, the energy and the realness, not fake positivity. Like I don't want to be the guy in the locker room who's not going to play a snap walking around hooping and holler. Like just day in and day out, we see Terrence get up at five in the morning and hit it. And we see him at the office and we see him in the weight room or whatever, where, wherever you guys are at in your yeah. life, like just day in and day out, just getting up and doing the work. But when you hit a wall, cause we all hit a wall, you can be vulnerable too. And that's what a true leader and a true, cause to me, when you are able to be vulnerable with the right people. Um, and so that's why I say, man, having the right tribe around you and protecting that energy. Like we're at a place now, we literally call it the zero tolerance rule. You can bring me any problem in the real estate team or organization, but it better have a solution attached because if not, then you're just complaining. And no one is allowed to bring any negative energy into our space. And uh, if, if you do, we're going to call you out unless you have a solution attached. And just creating an atmosphere like that, an ecosystem like that, where there's a lot of successful people. But And I tell everybody, leave your pride at the door. No one can come into this space. And when somebody has feedback to help you have ears to hear and not just ears to reply, because in so many times, everybody just wants to reply. They're just ready to say something back versus slowing down and truly hearing what the person's saying. And I think that's what we're so focused on right now. And in those situations of vulnerability and authentic authenticity and real conversations, we can have a place where we can say, hey, you know what, DJ? Thanks for pushing me a couple of weeks ago and really getting onto my ass. I know I can do better, but now let's have this conversation, man. I got a lot going on, man. This is what I got going on. Yeah. That's what, yeah. It's this about. ability, this ability to be honest and, and to be vulnerable is, um, is really, I found very helpful when things get tough, uh, yeah. having people around who, who care <laughs> and that, uh, that you care about, it, it really helps keep it, but you're right about this idea of problems and solutions. I wanted just to go back to that for a second, because that is, you just challenged me because I'm a, well, I'm like most people, I'm a complainer and um, of course, and uh, there's always things to complain about, you know, nothing's perfect. There's always, you know, uh, I can complain about myself too, which is uh, also not very helpful. Um, But this idea of complaining is only helpful if you're like, and I think I can figure out a way around, or I can ask somebody who's been there before me. Um, You know, like I have a, I have a personal trainer. Um, You were talking about, about being in the gym with a trainer. It's like, I have a trainer because I don't want to hurt myself in the gym. And also I'm not a professional athlete and I don't know what I'm doing. So I've had a trainer for, I'll probably have a trainer the rest of my life, honestly. And it's not, it's because I need somebody who's like, do this, do this, do this. That's their expertise. I pay them for their expertise and I get the results. If I tried to do, I tried to do it all myself my whole life. I never got to the gym. Rarely. Uh, well, sometimes I'd go, sometimes I didn't. It wasn't, it, it, it wasn't just something I was able to do myself. So I had to, I had to find leverage. I had to say, okay, well, if I want to hire, if if I need to hire a trainer, I need to make enough money to hire a trainer, which means I need to scale up my business. Um, So I I totally understand this idea of looking for solution and, and it's not always easy. Solutions are not always, well, they're not always right in front of you, but if you have a good circle of people around you know, sometimes other people can help you with your solutions too. And this idea of masterminding, um, we, we, we do this, I do the same thing with brokerages. We, we mastermind with other brokerages that are kind of similar to us all over the country and are like, Hey, what are you guys doing right now? Like, where are you, where are you guys struggling? What's working? Just doing that alone has helped. I get so many ideas and I'm sort of shocked that so many real estate agents operate in a silo. They sort of operate in their own little world. They work from home, which I get. They're not really around other agents unless they're at a showing or something. And they don't often know, like, there's lots of great ideas out there. And all you have to do is connect with other, other realtors. What, how important is, is having 
um, having sort of people that you look up to, having idols, not idols uh, in in the religious sense, but just having people that you respect, having people that you, you know, obviously you're a reader um, and, you know, you hung out with Gary Peller for three and a half hours. Like, that's pretty cool. How important (laughs) is it for you to get access to these people and how much time has it saved you by reading something, learning something, having a conversation so that you didn't have to reinvent the wheel? Yeah, I think at this point, if you're a real estate agent and you don't have someone who's achieved what you've achieved, because I always say it's one thing to get inspiration, right? Like LeBron James did a dunk the other night. I was like, wow, that's awesome. I'm inspired by it. But how is that actually helping me? Right. So the one thing I've tried to become is I don't want to just be an inspiration to anybody anymore. I want to be an inspiration that inspires you, but then I want to give you the breadcrumbs and the tools and the roadmap to go achieve the success that you want to achieve. So that other piece to the puzzle is what I'm building out right now to truly give people the tools. So now they're inspired, but then they sell. And then I'm inspired, but now I plug in, boom. And then I think that's been the great thing now because of running an independent brokerage, you kind of feel like you're on an island. So where now, like, you know, that was the thing. I remember going to Cabo, my first EXP event, and it says making real estate fun again. And I get there and every step I took, I knew a broker from being an independent broker. I just didn't know they were at EXP. So like every step I took, I'm like, whoa, you're here, you're here. It's like a class reunion. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Um, And so, yeah, it's just been one of those things where, you know, when you get to a place where everybody is successful, it's like flying with the Eagles. No one's really like hoarding the information. They're not like trying to hold back. They're just free with it. And then it creates that atmosphere. So I love kind of, being in that atmosphere where we're all going to succeed, but it's like, all right, let's just put all of our tools in the middle of the table. And then you grab out of it what you want to grab out of it. Like, you know, like a potluck, right? Absolutely. Like a potluck. And you're a competitive guy, but I suspect you don't view any other realtors or brokerages as competition at all. I suspect you won't, you said this earlier, I compete with myself. I want to be the best version of me. Obviously you're paying attention to what other firms are doing, of course, because why wouldn't you? Um, And you want to keep, you know, introducing, you know, more and more skills and, 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 you know, different avenues, uh, uh, verticals to your business. But um, you're not, you don't see the other agencies as, as, as uh, competitors. I'm guessing. No, not really, because my value proposition is so unique. You know, I'm teaching real estate agents how to create multiple income streams. I'm teaching them how to build other businesses. I'm teaching them how to invest. You know, I just closed a $45 million apartment, 240 units a couple of weeks ago. So I'm doing stuff where I can show these guys. And I started off, my first investment was two $75,000 duplexes. So you can scale. That's why I say I went from that 10 years ago to a $40, $50 million deal, $70 million deal to $50 million. Um, there's, they're just following the systems in the process and the breadcrumbs, but like at EXP, they rank, they rank, uh, the personal attractors and out of 87,000 agents. And I've been at EXP now 16 months. I'm number 30. I'm in the top 30 already. You know, it's been, some people have been there 12 to 13 years or longer. And in the first year and a half or under two years, I'm already in the top 30 personal attractors, but I don't really get caught up in being anybody else other than myself. And, uh, any goal that I set is going to be well beyond any what anybody can write down for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Pete, you're going to hold yourself to a higher standard than anyone else could. And I suspect that is a huge reason you, you just have raised your standards. Your standards are up here and they didn't start up here necessarily. They, they start where everyone starts and you just kept inching your way up to where you're like, Hey, I can run multiple things at the same time by scaling. Um, two, two final questions for you. And then I'll let you get back to running your empire. And, and I do, I do consider it an empire because I don't say that as, as just a, a nice thing to say, although it is, I guess, a nice thing to say, but it's, it's really true. I mean, you're doing a lot of different things successfully, um, which any one of those things is difficult. And the fact that you do them all, uh, simultaneously with, with a lot of help, of course, um, is, is just truly remarkable. Um, two questions. One is every, every agent I know, again, focused on the, on the present and the near future is freaking out about 2023, right? We're like, okay, rates are where they are. This is, this is bad. Now I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying this is, this is what the the mentality is. A lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of, um, sort of paralyzed, uh, agents going, I, I, oh, next year it's going to really be rough. 
What are you telling, what are you coaching your agents to think about? Because we can't control rates. We can't control inventory. We just can't. But there are things that are within our control. What are what are you telling people to do to focus to have a successful 2023? Yeah, it's it's, it's really cool. Um, like I said, I, I'm, an enigma, I'm an enigma, man. People can't figure me out. I'm just... Um, you know, I got my real estate license in the in the middle of the downturn. I, I started yeah. an investment company in 2008. So it's the worst time to start an investment <laughs> company. And you did it. The worst time, especially to start a brokerage. Uh, so I look at this just like Warren Buffett says. He says real estate recession or real, uh, stock market downturn or what is it? Um, uh, um, recession proof. Yeah. Well, the real estate market, not a bear market, but a bull market. Bull market. There we go. Sorry. Couldn't get it out. He says, it's the only time that when something's on sale, people don't run to buy. I know. It's funny. You know what I mean? So like, but if, if it's a uh, first Friday or what is it? Black Friday, you can't even, you get trampled getting in the buy. <laughs> so I tell people, you got to switch the mindset. And it always starts with the mindset, right? When I, when everything, and that's what I'm always evaluating is my mindset, where it needs to be in order for me to go to that next level. Because you can have all the processes you want, but if you don't have the mindset to receive going to a billion dollars in sales yeah. or having 500 people in your organization or whatever it is, it's not going to be sustainable. You may get yeah. there, but you're going to go backwards. So what I'm telling my real estate agents is look at the opportunity that's at hand. Study your hyper-local market. Is it REOs? Is it new builders? Because builders were fine when they were getting 18 offers, but now their agents might have gotten lazy, but they have to still keep selling houses. I picked up five builders in the 2012, 13 range just because I was doing what their agents had got tired of doing. And man, I started having these builders hire me. Man, I, that's when I started scaling, dude. You're getting 40 houses per builder, 20 houses, 30 houses. And so you just got to think about look at your hyper local market and find those opportunities. Is it expired? Is it orphan listings, right? An orphan listing is just a listing that goes past 90 days. It's been expired. People have forgotten about it. You know, and then you just create a value proposition that's second to none, and you pick up that market share because the market share is not going away. It's just going to trade hands. So if we have the hunter mentality that we're going to go hunt and we're going to go create a value proposition that's second to none and a brand that's second to none, that's when we'll take that market share. And it's just a mentality shift, right? And last You're thing not, I'll say, you're not worried about 2023 at all. You're just pivoting. Pivoting, pivoting. You hit it on the I'm head. So, and I only wanted to say that because you're the only person I've talked to thus far who is like not legitimately freaked out. And I think what you said made absolute perfect sense. Yes, we'll just change. We'll, 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 we'll look over here as opposed to over here and we'll make it work. I'm sorry. And go ahead. No, you hit it on the head. You picked up on it because truth stands the test of time. When you hear truth, you're just like, well, there it is. Right. Like, whoa, there it is. And so I think once again, why people resonate with my message is because it's not a woe, it's me. It's not a I'm scared. I don't operate out of fear. Um, I operate out of solutions. And at the end of the day, I'm excited, to be truthfully honest. Um, I think there's a lot of people who have not been coached right. And when they realize they need the right coaching, they're going to come to people like me and I'm going to give them the confidence and the tools to be a competent agent. I call it the three C's. Competence creates confidence. But if you got in the industry in 16, 17, 18, whenever, and you're getting 17 offers, you never really sat down and created the competence. Yeah. But now you got to go create the competence. Yeah. And nobody likes a confident person who isn't competent. In fact, we all laugh at those people. We we do, we dislike them. Confidence needs to be earned uh, yeah. through competence. And, yeah. and I, I think, I think, so here's my last question. My final question, and this is, this will be a tough, a tougher one, maybe, or maybe not. Um, I, I, what would you say to your 22 year old self or 23 year old self, you know, as you're exiting your, your football career, what do you wish you would have known then that you didn't know, but you but you do know now? Think even bigger than I thought. And I was a pretty big dreamer and thinker. Yeah, you were already a big thinker, <laughs> and yet you were thinking too small back then is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I remember A&M came to me going my junior year, and I remember them talking to my parents about a Heisman campaign. Like I was really playing that well. At the time, Reggie Bush was doing really well. And uh, Darren Sproles. And if you look at our numbers, my numbers are just as good as 
some of his numbers. He won, ended up winning the Heisman. And I remember AM was talking about at some point coming to my parents about a Heisman campaign. And in my mind, I was like, me, Heisman winner, receiver at Texas AM. And so I still beat myself up about that because I'm like, you should have accepted that and been like, yes, I am. I am a Heisman. I can be one of the, I am one of the best players in the, in the, in the nation. And those are just those moments in life that I pull on now, or now when I think about an idea, I'm like, it's possible. And whatever it is, five exit in your mind and then go for that. Well, it's, 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 it's it's as simple as that as uh, not, it's not easy, but it's simple, right? Like, I, I guess that's the point. It's, it's hard, but simple. This idea of being able to, to think bigger um, allows you, it expands your capability right? It's, it's a, it's a simple idea. Think bigger. Uh, and then, then the hard work comes in of trying to figure out a way through it, but you're absolutely right. We are, and we all know this, we're limited by our beliefs. Uh, you know, there's that old joke of like, what is BS stands for belief systems because it is, (laughs) it is sort of a, it's an old joke, but, but it's true. We're all wrapped up in our own BS, our own belief systems. And when then you meet somebody like you, who's, who's seemingly doing things outside of what we believe is capable, but you've been doing that your whole life. And so you have this track record of like, oh yeah, I got paralyzed. Yeah. That wasn't, I mean, I got through it. Uh, first, you know, I got into, you know, I got into college, I got into, uh, you know, playing in a pro sports, you did all the things that were already impossible. So I imagine when challenges come your way, it, it probably doesn't decimate you. Like maybe it would somebody who hasn't had some of those, those challenges along the way. Um, one final question, how important is failure? Um, and when I mean failure, I, I, I don't mean you know, uh, I just mean not achieving the goal you set out for and, and how important, cause I have, I have, I have a, th- a theory, or at least I've talked to a lot of agents who say they love failure because most of the things they do don't end up working out, but it just take, it just carries them over to the next thing that eventually gets them closer to working out. So how often you seem like a guy who never fails at anything. Uh, I would love to know, um, what, what role does failure play in your life and how do you think about failure? Man, it's a good question. It's a great final question. I think as I think about failure, I always say it's, it's wins and, and lessons. There are no wins and losses. Yeah. It's only a loss if you quit. Yep. So I'm either going to win or I'm going to learn the lesson. Yeah. I'm going to win and I'm going to lose if I quit. And so as long as you keep going, there was a Martin Luther King quote, and I know I'm going to butcher it, but he says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But by all means, keep going. There it yeah. is. It, boy, I'm not going to do better than Dr. Martin Luther King, so I'm going <laughs> to leave it there. Uh, one of the greatest thinkers of all time, and you perfectly summed summed that up. I, I think that's absolutely right. And also, the scoreboard of life or or on the field is is only the scoreboard. It, it, it even if you're victorious. It doesn't necessarily mean you played your best, right? And I'm sure you probably had games where you lost, but you played your best. And and yes, it's it, it's no fun to lose, but to know that I did my best is is really all that ever really ultimately matters, or at least in my opinion, that's what I found is that uh, you know, you you can you could win on the scoreboard, but if you didn't play your best, you just don't feel that good about that victory, right? So this yeah. idea of, of of showing up like you've said, be your best self. I know it's said a lot in in our society, but actually measuring what does it mean to be at my best? What does that actually look like? Um, boy, Terrence, you gave so much great wisdom on this episode. I need to get you back to, well, you need to get back to running your empire and I have taken up too much of your time. So thank you for, for spending as much time on, uh, our show, uh, talking to our aid to not our agents, but our listeners, uh, who are agents about, um, what it takes to be successful. If anyone wants to jump aboard the Terrence Murphy train and you know what, if you're going to hitch your, your, your horse to a wagon, it's a pretty good wagon to hitch to check out all the stuff he does because he is incredible and an amazing guy and just a just a great great guy so check out terrencemurphy.com everything terrence related is on there you can learn about his coaching you can learn about his brokerage you can learn about his podcast and of course his story along the way and all the entrepreneurial efforts he is involved in and if you're an agent looking to you know get coached by somebody 
boy, Terrence would be a uh, right at the top of my list. So definitely check him out. TerrenceMurphy.com. Again, that's T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E Murphy.com. Also follow him on Instagram, which is Terrence Realtor. So at Terrence Realtor, we'll have links to all of that in our show notes. And uh, Terrence, I am super, so, so grateful to you for coming on our show. I know our audience got a lot of value out of this. So on behalf of the audience, we thank you. We know how busy you are. We know you don't have time to do this and yet you found time for us. Thank you. On behalf of Terrence and myself, we also want to thank the audience for continuing to support our show to make it all the way to the end. And we ask everybody to just do one thing. Once you, after you visit Terrence Murphy's website, terrencemurphy.com, tell a friend about this episode. Just tell one other real estate agent about this episode. Maybe somebody who's struggling or maybe somebody that's looking for the some sort of answer or suggestion to help get them through the end of this year and, and into next year and shoot them a link over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Every one of our episodes can be streamed there or just anywhere you can find podcasts. We are there as well. Also subscribe to Terrence Pod, Terrence's podcast, Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Link to that in the show notes. Terrence, thank you, sir. You are an inspiration. I'm grateful to you uh, for, for coming on our show. Um, you are the busiest man I know. And you made time for us. And so thank you. Uh, and we will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks, Terrence. Appreciate you, brother. I'm here if you need me on anything, man. And God bless everybody. Keep your heads up. Keep pushing. And the scorecard is measuring how many people you can impact in a positive way. Thanks, bro.